remember we did an event at the Oberoi once and, and this guy was like, German coffee is the best coffee ever. <laughs> like the way that they grow it is so amazing. And like, you've never experienced coffee until you have German coffee and, and Germany doesn't grow <laughs> yeah, coffee at all. Like- I'm around 100 kilos of chocolate every single day and more than 100 kilos of sugar every day. I'm a pastry chef and sugar is my bread and butter and jam and Nutella. But I've decided to take those layers off with my brand new show. I'm talking to fellow chefs, entrepreneurs, my friends and mentors about the blood, sweat and all the other ingredients that go into making it in the food industry. I'm Pooja Dingra and you're listening to my podcast, No Sugar Coat. Today, I'm talking to Matt Chitranjan, who provided the fuel for my day. Matt and his wife, Namrata, founded Blue Tokai Coffee Roasters. Sourced entirely from Indian farmers, Blue Tokai started as an online subscription service and now has over 12 cafes in the country, with more coming soon. Hi, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Matt is just... Would you, can I give you some coffee? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Who do you like to wake up? No, I'm how's ready. It, how's it going? Good, good. Um, did it take you a lot of time to get here? No, I got dropped off by one of our delivery guys. Oh. So I came, <laughs> I came on the back of a scooter. So I I had like, um, when we just moved in, we moved in a month ago. And I was ordering uh, Blue Tokai every single day on Scootsy. And then I told, uh, you know, one of our partners that, Guys, I'm wasting a lot of my money, so please get me a coffee machine. So that's how I got a coffee machine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Upgrading. Yeah. But hey, so I was, you know, um, I was just like, I, I knew you were going to be, and I was thinking about the first time we met. And what was that? Like three years ago? Four years? Four, four. four years ago. Your baby was like two months old. Yeah. And she's four now. So yeah. yeah. And this was in Delhi. And I think I wanted to buy, I can't even remember what I came to you for. Was it? No, you came to our house. I yeah. remember because you were like, our business was operated out of Namata's yeah. parents. I was, house. I heard a lot about Blue Tokai and I was like, Oh, this coffee is really cool. And, um, we were selling coffee only out of our Bandra store. I was like, Oh, let me go check this out. And I called you and you gave me directions to a house. And I'm with my mother there. And we both land up to this house. I'm like, I think this is his office. And it was really sweet because it was, you know, you guys had just about started. And, um, you know, you, we, you did a little tasting for mom and me. Yeah. And you were trying to explain to us all the different kinds of coffee. And then Namrata came. And then, I, you know, we did a little tour of the house, office. <laughs> and then there was the, there was a, a small roaster that you had, right? Like a, uh, I mean, it was a smaller than one we have yeah. now, but it yeah. was still commercial. Still commercial one at yeah. home. Yeah. Uh, so we had a crane that lifted it up over the balcony <laughs> and we, we had to remove all the windows from the house to, to put bring it in. in. Yeah. So now, so you're not operating from home anymore. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we've, we've, we graduated a little bit. Graduated. Graduated to what now? How many cafes do you have? So now we have 12 cafes. 12. And, and two roasteries. Wow. And so, so the cafes started in Delhi. So yeah, we started in Delhi out of, yeah. at the time we didn't really know kind of, we didn't put together a business plan or anything. Yeah. So we just started very small out of a, a spare bedroom. And then luckily the response was good and, yeah. and people were receptive to the product. So why coffee? Um, if you can tell me a little bit about... Yeah, yeah. You know. So, uh, I mean, growing up, my parents were, were into coffee. So we and you're were, originally from... I'm from the U.S. Yeah. I grew up in Wisconsin, oh. though my dad's Indian. He's from Chennai. Oh. Um, but growing up, we, we were exposed to coffee and we would drink coffee in the morning. And then I lived in San Francisco for a while. 
And during that time, this sort of third wave coffee boom was happening. So there are all these local roasters who were sourcing beans from all around the world and roasting them very carefully. And so I got interested in roasting coffee myself. So I used to roast as a as a hobby just in my house. Isn't it complicated to roast coffee? I, I mean, it can be as simple <laughs> as just putting it in a pan yeah, and, yeah. And, and roasting it that way. But I, I had a small machine and yeah. so I could experiment with different ways of roasting and different temperatures and, and getting different flavors out of the coffee. And um, then I sort of let that hobby slide a little bit and, and got involved in work. And so I moved to India in 2011. So what were you doing? I was doing a finance, boring, finance, <laughs> boring finance job uh, uh, in Chennai. Yeah. But uh, luckily, Namrata was also uh, my wife. Yeah. She was there, and we met, and then. Uh, so you guys were working together. Is that how you met her? Yeah, we were working in in a center, and so she was in one center, and I was in the other center, and we had a mutual friend, mm. and, and so we got introduced and. And yeah, then you no. just never left. And then, yeah. Actually, I thought I would come to India for one year. That was uh, my plan. This is, this is the, you know, this is the, the scam. It's never... It's yeah, never yeah. it really just sucks you yeah, in. Yeah. Uh, I thought I would come for a year, do this job, and then move back to the U.S. and move somewhere How else. How long has it been though? So now it's been seven years. Seven, seven years. Seven years. Never leaving. Yeah. yeah now, now our daughter is born here. And, yeah. uh, but so after I met Namrata, we moved to Delhi. And then you were still doing your finance job? Yeah, so I was consulting and she was also consulting. And then we were both had enough and we, we wanted to do something on our own. So it was like a, it was like an actual moment of planning and saying, okay, we're going to quit our jobs and start. Yeah, it was more, like- it was more just like we wanted to do something. And yeah. so then we thought, what could we do? And we had looked at maybe starting a brewery or yeah. maybe growing mushrooms. Growing uh, <laughs> mushrooms. Uh, but because I had roasted coffee and, and in Delhi at that time, yeah. especially, there weren't really very good coffee options. Yeah. So we thought, why not start a coffee company? And how did the name Blue Tokai come up? Come uh, so once we started doing some research into to Indian coffee, we found that there's really high quality coffee being grown here, but it was being exported. Yeah. And we always wanted to highlight Indian coffee and, and the growers that were putting in a lot of efforts. So we wanted a brand that was reflective of that. So Tokai means, it's an old Malabar word for the plume of the peacock. Ah. Like if you go to the coffee estates, you'll see these peacocks flying around and the Malabar coast was one of the first places that coffee started being grown in India. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's the first thing that when I, you know, and that's what really got me super interested because in, I not only saw, um, you know, you, the first thing you see is the packaging and the design. And that's something that, you know, with Low 15 as well, that I put so much of my time and energy in. So I really appreciate it when you see something that that it excites you like that. And I saw this, I was like, this is Indian? Like, yeah. really, you know, this is incredible. And um, that's when I started, like, and this was, I think you were just doing subscription-based. You weren't even retailing. Yeah, just selling online. I mean, that was totally Namata. I wanted, like, some cheap, <laughs> easy packaging. And she was like, no, no, it has to look good. And good. I, and she put a lot of uh, yeah. effort into that. And and I'm glad that. Yeah. And so, I mean, so, so this, so you started um, in 2000 and, 13, 13 we started and then you just started like subscription the subscription yeah, model only online only and how, online. how did that go like did you see was it what you expected it to be or? yeah i mean i think one good thing about coffee is that it's a very kind of communal thing so yeah. people who like coffee are really into coffee and if you find a coffee brand that that you like you're gonna tell your friends about it yeah 
So we were able to grow uh, fairly quickly organically just through word of mouth through our website. And then we started getting wholesale accounts, yeah. like restaurants, cafes that were interested in in sort of serving better quality coffee. Like Le 15. Like Le 15. <laughs> you were one of the, the first first customers. You weren't put off by our sort of humble office slash roastery. Well, I loved, I loved the attention to detail, right? Because I, I still remember receiving the first, you know, the first bag of coffee and it had like a little label, yeah. you know, which said like specially roasted for Le 15. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was just like the little touches that really, you know in addition to obviously great coffee is yeah. what sets it apart right yeah i think so in the beginning it was just number and i and yeah. so i would roast the coffee and she would do the packaging so and grinding and she would print the labels and stick it by hand and and i think having people who started the company who, who have done yeah. kind of all the jobs yeah. that really makes a difference in terms of how that carries forward no, I, I I completely understand that because, uh, you know, even when we started, there was three of us and I was practically doing everything from like answering phone calls yeah. to, you know, actually being in the kitchen. And it was just, I think now when I think back, I was like, wow, I, you know, I, I kind of missed the, those days. <laughs> yeah. So then how did you get to, because, you know, when we met, I remember you showing me and making me taste coffee from different estates and yeah. actually, you know, and you had so much information about the farms that they come from. So can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, so lots of people think of coffee as just kind of this generic yeah. product, but actually how a coffee is grown. Okay, so school us. You have to tell sure, me. Sure, sure. I, we did this class once and I've forgotten everything. <laughs> so from the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. So there's two main varieties of coffee, yeah. Arabica and Robusta. And India grows 70% of the crop that they grow is Robusta, which is actually the inferior coffee. Oh. It's more bitter. It's uh, has more caffeine, um, but people like uh, like adding that because it adds uh, body. So okay. when you add milk, it tastes good. We only work with Arabica coffee. So Arabica requires higher altitude, but it has more of the complex flavors. So it'll have the fruitier uh, notes, the chocolate notes, the the floral notes if you're lucky. Um, but where the coffee is grown, so what specific area of the country, how high up is it, how much rainfall does it get, what sub-varieties, they'll all lead to different flavors of coffee. So we only work with... Um, it's usually a mix of both, right, for most blends? Or? I mean, so like <laughs> most of the commercial coffee is a mix, but yeah. that's only to make it cheaper. cheaper. Okay. Uh, if you want to have more complexity of flavor, you should you get should. 100% Arabica. So then isn't it difficult to source the beans when say you have like bad weather? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So crop yeah. fluctuates every year and, yeah. and some years one farm will have a great tasting crop and other years it'll be. And that's also a problem with consistency, right? Like, yeah. Or, Cause then the, the, the flavors completely change Absolutely. From, from each batch. And we believe in having sort of long-term relations with the farmers. So if, yeah. if they have some bad luck one year, we don't want to cut them off. Yeah. But we try and find a different product that we can put that, that particular farm in. So from the day you started till today, like what is your, how much coffee do you roast a day? I mean, uh, back when we started, <laughs> we would roast maybe five kilos in a day. Yeah, because like, the schedule was you would say I'd roast every Monday and Thursday yeah, and I'll send yeah. it to you the following week. And yeah. now you roast every and so day. So now we roast uh, Monday through Friday and, and we do hundreds of kilos a day. Hundreds? Uh, now we're roasting around uh, seven tons of coffee a month. Seven tons of coffee a month. Seven tons. That is crazy. And then do you think that you will, you will be able to sustain it with 
with the kind of uh, growth that you're yeah actually like uh, summer is sort of the lean month so uh, okay. coffee consumption uh, really goes up a lot in the winter so i mean there's there's coffee roasters in the south who roast mm-hmm. hundreds of tons so okay. i think there's a long way to go in terms of converting people from sort of cheaper commodity coffee towards better tasting so so that was going to be my next question so you said like when there's a community when people actually you know love coffee there's a community and and that's great but how big really is that community in india and what were your sort of challenges in really educating the customer in why is this better than what yeah. you're buying from the supermarket or another brand yeah i think overall coffee consumption is quite low in india yeah uh and most people when they think of drinking coffee they think of uh, instant like nescafe yeah. Yeah. um but you see more people who are getting exposed to sort of cafe culture and and maybe they're working abroad or traveling abroad and they get exposed to better tasting coffee and they're interested in finding that yeah. here in India um overall it's still a very small percentage and you knew this like before you started did you know like we're largely a tea drinking yeah 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 and so and i think i still remember i was like 16 when the first like barista opened and it was, there was one near my school and we would go there you know on the weekends yeah, and, yeah. and it was it was so new all of that um but from then till now it's, it's changed uh, i mean because look at cafe yeah. coffee day there's thousands of outlets yeah. across the country and then you have companies like starbucks coming in and people are sort of trading up from cafe coffee day to costa to now starbucks and then hopefully to so us. what is your what is your take on starbucks i think starbucks does a great job of marketing <laughs> i think that uh, the cafes are very nice their staff are trained very well i don't particularly enjoy the coffee there because so 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 i was reading this book called pour your heart into it right uh-huh. which is the story of starbucks and i think like 60% of the the emphasis in the book is about the quality of the coffee and the beans and i was like hmm i'm going to ask matt about this. <laughs> yeah i mean so they have a very particular flavor that they're going for yeah and if you look at the the coffee in the machine it's it's almost black so they're they're really roasting the coffee to a very dark level and when you do that you lose when we were talking earlier yeah. about how of these complex flavors yeah. you lose those because all you're going to taste is the roasty flavor so it. it doesn't matter if you source the highest quality coffee if you roast it to that level it's going to taste very similar so why would you roast to that level just i mean i guess they like that taste <laughs> uh, but also it helps with consistency right well like what we were talking about yeah. is one year the, yeah. the harvest might change yeah. if you roast coffee very dark then it doesn't matter yeah. because uh you're going to get that roast flavor no matter what so i mean so now we do have starbucks and we have you know sort of a, a, a coffee culture but what was your biggest like challenge when you had to educate the customer like how did you do that yeah i mean we used to get a lot and we still do when people would order the coffee and then they they'd call us up and they'd say something is wrong with this coffee uh i've tried hot water i've tried cold water but it just doesn't dissolve so <laughs> people are expecting like it's to be instant coffee so they're just a, taking the beans of yeah they're just putting water. it in the water and stirring it and then then it's not dissolving and then the roast is wrong or this is bad quality but yeah but like brewing it is 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 an art right yeah. like it's something that really needs to be taught and yeah. you do that quite a bit you do whole classes and so stuff. i think education is incredibly important just yeah. to not only just to get people to brew coffee at home but also to educate people what's the difference between our coffee and yeah. and sort of the commodity coffee 
Yeah, it's like me. I, I, you know, I'm in this whole phase of wanting to learn new things. And while I was reading the Starbucks book, I got really inspired and I messaged Matt at like 12, 30 at night. I was like, please don't mind, but I really need to learn how to, yeah, I want to be a barista. That's, yeah, my, yeah. that's my new goal. So I'm going to come over to... So now we have barista training, training. centers. So we yeah. have one in Delhi and one in Bombay. And the whole idea is to get people to get on the machines and make coffee. And 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 so so how is it like to to now you not only have to train your customers but you also have to train like you said Starbucks has a great training program and stuff so how yeah. difficult is that to, to actually yeah. train your team and your staff to be it's, able to it's very difficult because there's not kind of a, a pool of of baristas there's not really a barista culture in India you should start a barista school yeah so we are that's oh. that, that, that's what we we have but uh, oh, that was my great. <laughs> Where in other other countries you could just pick up someone from another cafe and they'll... This is what happens here, yeah. Yeah, they'll know more than the basics. They'll be able to make a good quality cup of coffee. But because there's no culture of seeing a barista as a skilled professional, they just, you know, people will just have anybody operate the machine. Um, it's, It's a challenge, but also an opportunity because people who are sort of at a you know, like entry level job, they want skills. So if you can train them to make good quality coffee, then that's something that they can use and grow and turn it into a career. Yeah. So what was it like? Like you went from home to opening your first Blue Tokai cafe in Delhi, right? Yeah. What was that jump like? And then from that going to now 12? Yeah. So I'm asking for myself. (laughs) We actually, we started the cafe just because we had extra space, not because we ever intended to get into the... Are you serious? It wasn't part of the plan. Yeah. We have like this narrow strip in our roastery where we... I've seen it on Instagram. I have. It's the most Instagrammable cafe in Delhi. (laughs) But that that area was nothing. It was, uh, it was like a village where there were no other businesses around. But we, we opened up that cafe and... And people drive an and, hour to get there. And we there. had people coming there. And at that time, we had no food. And, and it was really encouraging and inspiring to us mm-hmm. that people were willing to sort of trek to this out-of-the-way place just to have coffee. So then we thought that there was potential. In, Do you think that's a Delhi thing? I mean, now <laughs> now having opened up in Bombay, I, I, I don't want to trek anywhere because it's a, it's a nightmare to get around. Uh, so it could have been that... So having one cafe... Yeah. It's, it's fairly easy because I could train the people directly and, and there's always people to mm-hmm. like me personally to oversee to make yeah. sure that everything was happening according to the way that we wanted. Once you start expanding, then you want to put in place systems to make sure that a customer walks into any one of your yeah. locations, that they get the same quality of coffee and same experience also. So you, you have to find really good people and, and no, train I, them. No, I, I hear you. I know how difficult that is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then you raised some money. So then uh, from our house, actually, we raised the money. <laughs> uh, uh, so we raised a, a seed round of funding in 2015. Yeah. And I met you, met you shortly after. Yeah. And you, I was like, hey, you know, I'm thinking of raising some money. And you just looked at me and you said, don't. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, in retrospect, I mean, I'm I'm happy with the decision that we made. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's what you have to say. When, when you raise money, there are certain expectations yeah, of, of, of growth and scale, and so you really have to be committed to to going down that path. So when you started the business, when you started from home, was that like was the intention to grow and actually get you know? To where you no, are I mean, right we, now, or was it just like, oh, we'll do something? We didn't put any plan in place when we yeah. started. We just wanted to start Maybe. something. Okay. 
Um, and I think that we sort of lucked into uh, a product that people really liked at yeah. a time when coffee consumption was yeah. is growing a lot. So before we were raising, we had uh, we had two paths kind of. Yeah. One was to move our cafe to Goa oh. and have just kind of like this nice cafe and yeah. and have sort of a, a nice lifestyle and and have it be like a lifestyle business, or we could raise money and and expand. Uh, so why did you choose? So we chose the expansion route because mm -hmm. we felt that coffee in India is too big of a opportunity yeah. that definitely someone's going to come in and, and and with a lot of money and and do it at a large scale and they would just blow us out of the water yeah. at that point. And you had something great. I mean, people should experience that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were I mean, we were very happy. We put a lot of uh, a lot of thought and effort into mm -hmm. the product and and luckily there was a, a good response to to what we had. So you you raised the investment you were still working out of home? Yeah. And then with that investment we opened up that uh, yeah. socket roastery and cafe. And then what came next? And then we opened the Bombay Roastery in Mahalakshmi. Um, and the Bombay was a challenge, huh? Yeah. It's a bit, <laughs> business is a little bit different in Bombay compared to Delhi. Uh, Why do you think that is? It seems that every... It's very difficult to, to get the space. Yeah. Uh, so space is a premium, obviously. And, and it seems that the spaces are set up so that there's always some technicality that the officials can come and, and get you on. Yeah. Um, so you have to be able to navigate that very well and, and um, everything's more expensive. So do here. you, do you deal with the, the BMC yourself or do you? Have no, some? no, we had, I like how so, you just said officials. <laughs> uh, in the beginning we would deal with it and we got ripped yeah. off a lot, a yeah. lot. Uh, I remember us having this discussion once and you asked me like, what do you do? Yeah. And um, it's so funny because like, you know, my biggest challenge is, um, because I had just come back from Switzerland, you know, I lived in Switzerland for four years and then I was came back with this whole thing of, yes, I'm going to do this business and I'm going to do it with full integrity. And my first month in, I was um, working in the kitchen and suddenly like these these officials walked in and they um, they asked they asked around and they were like where's the where's the owner and you know my team came and got me and they were like they they were shocked to see this young girl there they were like no 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 um the manager and i was like i'm the manager i'm the owner and they were so shocked they were just like kyu aapke husband off ho gaye like they just looked at me like did your husband die like i was like no like why, you know is that how difficult so yeah. for me it was not only navigating like and trying to understand how things work um and i think that must have been very difficult for you as well right? yeah. yeah i mean because so i obviously i'm i have an accent and i'm very obviously <laughs> not, 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 not from, from here yeah. so uh it, it would be impossible for me to get things done uh, by myself at, at going to these officials. So then we had to rely on consultants and then yeah. the consultants are a whole other layer and then they can take you for a ride. Yeah. And um, and that didn't happen in Delhi. I'm very surprised. No, uh, it didn't actually. Somehow in Delhi, it's a little bit more straightforward in going to the to the right people to get things sorted out. And what about the customer, the Delhi versus the Bombay customer? Uh, I think <laughs> wow. you're like, yeah, I have to think before I say it. <laughs> so, I mean, definitely in Delhi, we have people who are a little bit more, I wouldn't say adventurous, but willing to travel for yeah. different experiences. Yeah. And, um, and so we, based on our experience in Delhi, we we're like, oh, we'll open up in Mahalakshmi in that mill, which is yeah. also kind of out of the way. Yeah. And so we thought that 
people in Bombay would also be willing to to sort of trek. And but, then you realize, yeah. But then me having lived, spent time here, I would never want to want to trek anywhere. Like uh, convenience is is yeah. much more valued in Bombay than it is yeah. in in Delhi. Um, I think in terms of coffee knowledge, people in Bombay are probably a little bit have more exposure and maybe yeah. more interest in coffee than you find in Delhi, where in Delhi it's sort of coffee is cool. So I'm going to go to this cool coffee shop. And I mean, I, when we opened the, the cafe in Kola about the first week, we had a customer who came in and, and I, I, you know, like, I think I know like coffee a little bit. I know how, you know, at least I know what is what. And then he just comes in and the waiter comes to me and is like, customer wants a dry cappuccino. <laughs> and I was like, what is a dry cappuccino? I've never heard of a dry cappuccino. What is a dry cappuccino? Man? Please tell me. More, more foam, less oh. milk. <laughs> Why couldn't he have yeah, just yeah. said that? But so that's, that's the other thing about coffee is that uh, it it kind of lends itself to snobbery in a yeah. way. So you'll have people who will come and so you just have the purists and not even purists. They'll just, yeah. they'll just like talk shit about, you know, just that they, they think that they know all kinds of information and a lot of what they're saying is wrong. I remember <laughs> we did an event at the Oberoi once and, and this guy was like, German coffee is the best coffee ever. <laughs> like the way that they grow it is so amazing. And like, you've never experienced coffee until you have German coffee and, and Germany doesn't grow <laughs> yeah. coffee at all. So, uh, but he was very confident. And, and so you have a lot of that people who, who maybe have heard something and then they, excuse me, they just, uh, and how, so how it. do you deal with it? You just smile. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll have to try it sometime. It's uh, great German coffee. Please, yeah. Me I mean, it depends. Like, if, if people are genuinely interested, then we'll explain. Yeah. So we get a lot of people who ask for piping hot coffee. Yeah. Oh, that is uh, <clears throat> that is one. I think, and 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 this is something that Pablo also couldn't understand was that everybody wants like really hot cappuccinos yeah. and really hot coffee, and we're just because that's what we're used to with our tea, right? Like yeah. we're used to drinking like a hot beverage should feel hot. But the problem is that once you heat milk to that level, it sort of destroys the sweetness and flavor of the milk. Yeah. And so it's actually a an inferior beverage. Yeah. So there's always a balance then between giving the customer what they want and serving the coffee the way that we want it to be served. So what do you do? do you, so we'll do you say think? like, we'll explain why. We'll say that actually coffee will taste yeah. better if you heat it to this level. Uh, and then we serve it to them. And then we say, but if you want it piping hot, then we'll... And you'll do it. We'll, yeah, we'll kill yeah, so it that's for a good, you. So that's a good compromise. Yeah. Once I had, a um, you know, someone who wanted to put two really strange flavors of cake together. Yeah. And I was just like, this is not going to taste good. But then he just wouldn't listen. So I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. Sure. yeah. You're paying for it. And just, it's not on our menu. So yeah. if someone ever says something, I'll say that. <laughs> it was <laughs> you who decided to do that. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, also, because we don't want to turn people off already. Yeah. We're kind of like in a niche area. And so we don't want to make it seem like, oh, coffee has to be only so, had so in this particular way. You still consider yourself being in a niche area. Yeah, for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, specialty coffee consumption yeah. in India is like hardly 1% of the, the market here. So. And so what do you see, you know, how do you see Blue Tokai going forward? Like what is your... I mean, I think there's huge potential uh, because you see this in lots of other countries where people switch from kind of the commodity general coffee towards yeah. better quality coffee. And you see it with other products in India also with tea, with cheese, with beer, with yogurt. Yeah. So all of these sort of high quality local brands that people are gravitating towards yeah. because it connects with consumers and, yeah. and it's nice to have high quality locally produced products. So now you have the cafes, you're selling online still. 
Are you going to start bottling coffee? Yeah, we we have bottled cold brew that's launching next month. Oh, amazing! I didn't know that, so that's, yeah. that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. And what is your take on nit? What is nitro coffee? So nitro coffee is just cold brew coffee that's infused with nitrogen, so it gives it kind of a creamy you texture. You just know what is cold brew? I just oh. I can't cold, cold brew. Uh, cold brew has also become quite popular. It's uh, coffee that's brewed overnight at room temperature or in a fridge. Okay. So it changes the flavor, it gives it less acidity and kind of highlights more of the chocolatey, nuttier flavors. But the, so you can heat it up. You can heat it up, but it's better just to have hot coffee then. That's what my family does. Yeah. <laughs> I should tell them that it's wrong. It's better just to have hot coffee. They'll, they, yeah, they'll brew it overnight and then they'll heat it the next yeah. day. So that's wrong. Mom, I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. yeah, and and what about Namrata? Is she is she also like handling the business? Yeah, yeah. So she works so. full time. She does more of the design, communications, yeah. so. training, um, and she takes care of our daughter. Yeah. Uh, Have you given your daughter coffee yet? She comes and likes to play on the machine <laughs> and. Uh, uh, she makes like <laughs> cappuccinos by pressing the buttons. Hopefully it's in her blood by now. So, so Matt, what are your biggest like challenges? Like, what is it that really um, keeps you up at night and like makes you uh, when you think about the business? Because I know I have this a lot. Like, yeah. from different stages that you go through. Um, you know, when we were small, it was smaller challenges, and now you know we're sitting in this big giant kitchen, and I have a whole new set of problems. So, what is it that you battle? What is it that you struggle? With? I mean, I think the hardest thing is finding people. Yeah. Um, it's hardly hard to find people who are dedicated and uh, can and actually have initiative and sort of can yeah. can think on their feet. Um, that's been difficult, uh, and, but also no one's going to care as much about yeah. your business and your product as you do. So finding or figuring out ways to kind of get people to to come close mm-hmm. to that level is is a challenge. Um, and then I mean I think I think about everything i worry about everything at <laughs> night uh opening stores yeah. what if some of these stores don't work out yeah. um yeah luckily. so so you know the one of the things like the reason i wanted to do this podcast as well is 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 to actually um, you know because looking at things from the outside it all looks so glamorous right yeah like you look at it like oh you know life is a piece of cake oh wow he you know he has a cafe and it says selling coffee but no one really understands what really goes on yeah behind the scenes so if you had to like give advice to someone or actually tell somebody what your day is like your life is like like what would you say yeah so i think that a lot of people look at sort of a coffee shop or a coffee business as oh i'll just buy a machine and yeah. i'll put some beans in and customers I, will just I, flood I in dry cappuccino <laughs> yeah um <laughs> <laughs> and even when we started it we thought oh we'll be like visiting all these coffee farms we'll be drinking mm-hmm. great coffee all the time it'll be great but at the end of the day, you're, 90% of your time goes to just running a business. So yeah. whether we're selling coffee or we're selling trinkets, it would be the same thing. So I think you really have to enjoy that aspect of it uh, yeah. in order to be uh, – because it's a long it's a long process. Yeah. You don't open up a store or start a business and it just becomes successful overnight. Or at least we, we, we did it. <laughs> no, nobody does. And how many hours a day do you work? Uh, now I'm trying, trying to get a little bit more balance, but, but uh, 28, but, but, yeah. 
No, I, I mean, it, like 14 hours. Yeah. Long days yeah. with, you know, like no vacation time and no free time. Yeah. And all that. No, this is not a podcast to discourage <laughs> you from starting your own business. No, but I think you have to be prepared, right? Yeah. You have to just like know what you're kind of... Or maybe not. Actually, maybe it's better if you don't it's know no, what you're getting exactly. into. So I always say that it's yeah. maybe in one way it was better that I was so naive and that I didn't know the amount of work yeah, yeah. it was going to take. Because if you ask me today to go back and do it all over again, I'd probably stop and think. And yeah. you know, But back then I was like, yeah, we can do everything. World domination. Let's do this. And and then soon you you just kind of you know learn and realize things. Yeah, it's along very the way. true. It's very true. When you think about the future, what is it that you'd like to see? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, we're opening another 10 stores this year. 10 stores? 10 stores. And then... Uh, Where? Where? Uh, so, more in Bombay, some more in Delhi, Pune, Bangalore, Ahmedabad, Jaipur. Oh, wow. Um, I thought my life was busy. <laughs> but it's nice uh, because I think that, like, as coffee culture is growing, these other cities get a little bit... Uh, left behind and, and, and actually in, in kind of non Delhi, Bombay, Bangalore, there's lots of people yeah. who are, who are interested in, in good quality. And, and so, so actually when you started your, your online business, where did you, like, was there any like, um, surprises there or do you just guess like Delhi would be the, Bombay would be the highest? Yeah, I mean, market? so like Delhi and Bombay are the biggest, biggest markets, markets, but yeah. we, we, we send place, we send coffee up in the hills, we send it to Rajasthan, we send it to, uh, Chhattisgarh, random places in MP, um, it, it goes all over. And, and I think, uh, we're just lucky that coffee, I mean, one is it's addictive, right? Yeah. So, so. <laughs> like sugar. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, so 10 stores coming up and, and how soon is that? Uh, by March. What? By March. Actually, next month we have three opening. That's uh, incredible. So in two weeks, three will open up. Um, um, but after the 10 stores, then we'll kind of assess and, and see whether we want to open up more stores in India or, or potentially look to open up outside of India. World domination. Well, Indian coffee, you know, <laughs> because Indian coffee has kind of a bad reputation abroad. Yeah. Like it's seen as a low cost, low quality coffee producer. And actually there's farms here that grow amazing coffee. Would you absolutely kill me if I told you I love instant coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I would look down on you. I would judge you very harshly, but, you know, teach their own. <laughs> hey, we still buy blue Tokai, okay? <laughs> I should get some brownie points for that. <laughs> One of my last questions would be, um, if you had to give your daughter advice, life advice in general, what would you tell her? Wow, that's a hard <laughs> one. Um <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think just find just something. Just listen to this, okay? Yeah. Uh, Be careful. She'll just ignore it. <laughs> Dad's talking? Nah, <laughs> not interested. Uh, I mean, I think just finding something that, that you enjoy doing. So I I spent many years working in, in kind of corporate jobs, so more than 10 or 12 years working before we started this business. And I was just kind of just collecting a paycheck. And so while there's lots of challenges and there's a lot of work, it's definitely much more rewarding now uh, in these last few years of Blue Tokai than I had in my entire working career. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't trade that f for anything. Okay. And you have to know that you're making a lot of people very happy. Oh, great. Thank you. Every morning I thank you. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheesy, guys. Okay, thank you so much. Thank no, you for thanks. Me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that was Matt Chitranjan from Blue Tokai. Join me next week as I talk to chef and author Monica Govardhan. 
We talk about cooking Indian food in the UK, being friends with Jamie Oliver, and the emotional turmoil that comes with writing a cookbook. No Sugarcoat is a Made in India production. This episode is produced by Sharanya Subramanian, edited by Soundman. Studio setup by Apoorv Isaac, a.k.a. Lala. Sound equipment by Artiste Studios. Our theme music is Rhythm Maker by the band Haiku. For more information, check out madeinindia.in.